Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Let's think back to the 1940s. World War II is raging and the United States is on high alert. The fear of German attacks is real and even affecting the world of sports. In this episode, we'll take you back in time to a pivotal moment in sports history as FootballArchaeology.com's Timothy P. Brown visits us to tell us about wartime and football crowds. Coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another evening where we get to talk to Timothy P. Brown of footballarchaeology.com about one of his famous tidbits that comes out daily. Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen. Darren, thanks for hanging me this evening. I feel honored now that I am in the presence of a published author. Well, well, thank you. About so, the... I just hey, congratulations! I mean, you know, uh, you know, I know the amount of work you put into it, and uh, just encourage everybody pick up. I'll let you do the plug yourself, but you know, just you know, great stuff, great stuff on an old time team. Well, well, thank you. You you were a, a big part of that, and I appreciate it. And folks, the name of the book is The World's Greatest Pro Gridiron Team. We've talked about it before in the podcast. We won't beleaguer you too much on that. But Tim was gracious enough to uh, do some research on some of the bonus content we have in there. We did something a little bit different. So not only in the ebook you have links to go into some things that are beyond the book, but also in the hard copy books, we have QR codes. You can use your smart device and go in there. And uh, I think we have what three or four from, from Tim that goes in there and talks about some good old time football, just to, to set the mood for 1903 football. Cause most of us sit there and read it and say, what, what does this mean? Well, we have, have the man that uh, knows that era very well. Uh, by his research. So we appreciate uh, your help there and a lot of help and advice uh, along the way too. And we appreciate you, Tim. No problem. Good time. Now we're going to go back into one of your tidbits tonight with, uh, you know, back in the earlier days, well, I guess this one's from, from this year that we're going to be doing, but back a few months ago and talk about something, you know, we're not that familiar with wartime and 
sports and being in stadiums. Okay, we know a little bit about COVID. We know terrorist attacks and going through security and everything. We're familiar with that. But we're going back to an era where the country was at war and could be in danger. You know, people didn't know at the time if they were in danger or not. And I think it's really a, an interesting uh, topic uh, that you wrote on back in May. And uh, you, you titled it An Aerial Attack at Yankee Stadium. And we'd love to hear all about it. So this uh, this is it. I mean, to me, just like you said, it's an interesting thing to try to put yourself back in the time and the uncertainty they faced. Right? I mean, hmm. there's things we know now that either the Japanese or the Germans had this capability or that, um, but they weren't sure. <laughs> you know, they weren't <laughs> sure how things were going. So just to kind of set the stage a little bit. You know, it's so December seventh, nineteen forty one. Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. And, you know, so one of the things, one of the consequences of that was that uh, the folks on the West Coast, the civil defense people were concerned about trying to gather um, 80,000 people into the Rose Bowl on, you know, a glorious uh, January 1st. So they said, no, you can't hold the game here in California. And so the Rose Bowl got transferred to uh to Durham, North Carolina, because Duke was one of the teams playing. And likewise, the the uh, Shrine East-West game, which is an all-star game based in San Francisco, that was transferred to New Orleans that year. So, okay, we get past football season. And then, you know, on the East Coast, um, you know, while the Germans didn't have aircraft carriers like the Japanese did, um, they had a lot of submarines. And so there was, you know, back at, back in the time, there were certain like planes that could launch from from submarines, you know, just the old biplane kind of thing. <laughs> but anyways, they um, and, you know, the Germans were seeing a lot of shipping, you know, 630 some ships got sunk along the East Coast, you know, during 42 and, you know, that period. So they did things like, um, you know, they um, FDR green lighted sports, but like auto racing, motorcycle racing was banned uh, to save, you know, tires and gasoline. And in the in the in places like Yankee Stadium, one of the impacts was, you know, they just never knew, you know, what would happen if somebody attacked the place, right? Um, if somehow the Germans had some capability where they would attack Yankee Stadium during a baseball game, and so they set up this process where uh, they had signs all over the stadium that was basically, you know, evacuation boats, you know, I mean, if you've been in cities like, you know, well, LA has them and, you know, other places where there's these tsunami signs, if you're near the beach, you know, the Pacific Northwest, same things. It's like, okay, you know, here's these signs. Here's what happens if there's a tsunami, you know, you get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Run like hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in, in the, in Yankee Stadium, it was like if you were in the upper deck or if you were in the box seats or the grandstands or bleachers, or whatever, you know, it had different escape routes for you. And so that's all baseball stuff. Um, and and I also should have said that because of blackout conditions, like night games, they didn't have any night games, you know, at least in 1942. And so, um, so then, you know, Yankee Stadium at the time was still a popular place for um for f football games both college and pro 
And so, you know, I think I've sold it since, but, you know, I had a copy of a 1942 Army versus Princeton football program and, you know, played at Yankee Stadium. And, you know, with inside of the, um, you know, one of the ads or pieces of information, you know, it had in there was just, it told you, okay, like I said, if you're in this section, here's your escape route, proceed this way, run out to such and such avenue or whatever, you know, <laughs> you can get the hell out of the Bronx. <laughs> so uh, anyways, it's just one of those things you just can't imagine it. You know, it's just not, I mean, now we, we do go through security and so maybe it's, it is more imaginable now, but uh, you know, it's just one of those things you just, you just don't think about that happening. Um, and so just one other little point about that game and that season was that, um, you know, Princeton and Army played on, you know, one Saturday, and then the next one was the Army-Navy game. And so, again, due to wartime conditions, they moved it from Philadelphia to Navy Stadium in Annapolis because they wanted to have a smaller crowd, which was going to be the case there. And they would only sell tickets to people who live within 10 miles of the stadium because they wanted mm-hmm. to reduce people traveling to the game, you know, and eating up gas or, or whatever, you know. Uh, so it's just one of those, one of those interesting things um, that, that occurred. And yeah, I think by 43, the concerns about hacks on the, I mean, there were still concerns about espionage, concerns about attacks from, from a military standpoint had dissipated, but, you know, by then, you know, a lot of guys were getting drafted, being you know, and enlisted. So, you know, NFL had teams merge. You know, the Steelers and were they the Pirates then, or the they, they, they uh, the steel the Steelers with the the Eagles or the Steagles. The Steagles yeah. And then they yeah, had the, the, the pit card pit cards the uh, next year, or maybe it was vice versa. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know, like in the pro game, you know, roster limitations, they merged a team or two, and then. In colleges, you know, a number of colleges dropped football, you know, during during the war. So just due to roster limitations and, and other things. Um, so yeah, just one of those one of those things a little bit hard to imagine now, but you know, that's what happened back then. Yeah. One of the, the interesting things, I mean, I, I learned a lot from from that post, but one of the things that sort of resonated with me that I sort of outside of sports is I didn't realize that the Germans didn't have aircraft carriers. So, so, you know, I guess maybe that's, cause I always wondered, I'm like, why did they move the Rose bowl from the West coast to the East coast? You know, you're still on a coastal. Why don't, why not have it in Oklahoma or somewhere or in, you know, the cotton bowl or something where it's safe, you know, where there's no water around where you can, you know, worried about aerial attack. But I didn't realize that the Germans didn't have aircraft carriers. So, thank you for yeah. teaching me that. So, yeah, probably, yep. probably some of the same things why Yankee Stadium and uh, Annapolis didn't seem so scary too. For uh, you know, the submarines couldn't attack them too much from there. You're a little bit too far yeah. away from. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, so yeah, again, just different time, and you just. Uh, it, yeah, it's just interesting to try to put yourself back in those, in those periods and kind of, you just, things happen that you just 
think about right? but, but yeah but de- definitely some fun football facts and and you have some of these each and every day uh, like we said you call them your tidbits and maybe you could share with the audience uh, for for those who haven't uh, aren't familiar with it how they too can participate in reading your tidbits each and every day yeah so you know the best thing is just go to uh, footballarchaeology.com and subscribe you'll get an email every day uh, at seven o'clock eastern with today's you know, little story and, uh, you know, read them at your leisure, delete them if that's really what you want to do. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise, you know, just, you know, I know people let them pile up over the weekend and or read them over the weekend, whatever, but that that's the best way to, uh, to subscribe. Okay. Well, Tim, we really appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing with us each week that, you know, some of these great football facts. We appreciate you sharing your football knowledge in, in the book and, uh, you know, some of the other things that you've done to, to help us all understand that and footballarchaeology.com. And uh, we will talk to you again next Tuesday. Very good. And congratulations again. Thanks. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.